So I have a different way of looking at it now, but at that time, I had to do what was in my heart. Even if I would have thought of that back then, I would have been like, well, that's great, but I'm still going to do my thing because we all have to live our lives. That's Layla Ali. And this is The Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Thursday. I am thankful for you tuning in with me today as we have Layla Ali on the show today. And she is the daughter of the iconic activist and charismatic boxing champion Muhammad Ali and today she has an amazing story to share about how she became a professional boxer and within that story she shares a great lesson about following our heart despite what anyone else says even if that person is your own father. Here's Layla Ali. Enjoy. So the news got around that Muhammad Ali's daughter is in the boxing gym. News travels quick. Got back to my dad. So my dad comes in town because he lived in a different state. And he says, you know, Layla, I hear you're boxing. And I was like, yeah, dad, it's true. So he sat me down to have a conversation. And he knew that he couldn't talk me out of it. So he tried to talk me out of it indirectly and use reverse psychology on me. So he says, you know, well, you know the whole world's going to be watching you. You know, what are you going to do, you know, if, if they're, they're judging you? And I said, Dad, I'm ready for that. I can handle it. And he said, okay, well, you know, what if you, what if you get knocked down, you know, in the ring? I said, well, you got knocked down before. I'm going to get back up just like you did. And he says, well, what if you get knocked out? And I was like, now that's not going to happen. But if it does, then I'm going to ask for a rematch. So then he thought about it for a while. So his, his line of questioning just wasn't working. And then finally, he started to say, well, you know, women have breasts. You know, you're not supposed to be fighting. And I said, Dad, we wear chest protection just like men wear cup protection. So we were tit for tat. You know, everything he said, I had something for him. I was like, what? What what you got? So finally, he said what was really on his mind. He said, you know, it's not a woman's sport. It's a man's sport. It's not for you to do. It's too hard. So me being me, I stayed cool and just said, Dad, I understand you know how you feel about it, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I want to pause right there because as I've gotten older and now my dad has passed and obviously I reflect on a lot of the conversations that we've had and I think about just how he started boxing and what his story was and how he must have felt in that moment. And a lot of you won't even probably be able to connect with this because you don't have children yet and you're not, you know, at that stage. But my father started boxing Similar, I mean, he wasn't an athlete, just like I'm not an athlete, but what happened when he was 12 years old in his neighborhood, in Louisville, Kentucky, anyone here from Louisville? Nobody? Come on, nobody? Okay, somebody. Anyone here from California? You know, I'm from California. All right. <clears throat> All right, Cali, represent. 
So my dad was 12 years old. Someone in his neighborhood stole his bike. He got really mad, and he went to the, one of the policemen. He said, "Somebody stole my bike, and I'm going to beat them up. I'm going to get them." And the policeman said, "Well, do you know how to fight?" And he said, "No, I don't." Well, that policeman happened to be an amateur trainer for a local boxing gym, and he said, "Well, you need to come in the gym and learn how to fight." And that's how my dad ended up going to the boxing gym to train because his intention was to go get these guys that stole his bike. But then he fell in love with boxing, and he found his talent. So that was his destiny. And he was he was fast. You know, he had the speed, he had agility, he had charisma. So then he went on to have an amateur career, and eventually went to the Olympics and won gold for the United States. At 18, he came back with his gold medal around his neck. And at the time, we still had racism and segregation, where you still it would say, you know, for whites only, he couldn't go eat in certain restaurants. So he thought because he fought for his country, I'm going to come back and I'm going to change everything for all the black people. You know, I'm the champ now, so I can go eat in these restaurants and everyone else can come with me. But then when he came back, he saw nothing had changed. So he actually took his medal and said, "This means nothing," and threw it into the, the river. And that's a documented story that you guys can can read up on, or some of you may already know it. But at that moment, that's when my dad pretty much decided that he was going to fight for something deeper than just being able to say he's a champion, being able to say, you know, he was a winner and making a lot of money. He wanted to change the world, and he understood that when you're a winner, when you're the champ, when you have a lot of money, when you have the Rolls Royce, when you have the Rolex, that's when people want to listen to you. People naturally want to listen to you when you're successful, and they they measure success on the things that you have sometimes. So that's the things I, I grew up listening to when I was a kid. The importance of why he did certain things. So my father now goes goes and becomes a world champion. Okay, and he's like the man. I mean, anywhere you go in the world, they know and love Muhammad Ali. Then they tried to enlist him in the Vietnam War, and he refused due to his religious beliefs. And then he got stripped of his titles. He got stripped of everything. Couldn't make money. Um, you know, got sentenced to five years in jail, which later got overturned by Supreme Court. But he also ended up fighting battles, which a lot of people conclude that might have caused his Parkinson's, which ultimately killed him. So I say that to say that here's your daughter sitting in front of you with all the blood, sweat, and tears that went into his career and all the, that was connected to. And here I am, your baby girl, who you know doesn't know anything about what she's about to get into. Uh, is telling you she wants to box. Of course, you're going to say don't do it. It was fear, you know. And of course, he had never seen women box before, so he really believed that I couldn't do it. So, I have a different way of looking at it now. But at that time, I had to do what was in my heart. Even if I would have thought of that back then, I would have been like, well, that's great, but I'm still going to do my thing because we all have to live our lives. So I said, I'm going to do it, Dad. So I went and made my public announcement, and.、Uh, Went on Good Morning America. Sorry, that's the, that's the, the day I had that conversation with my dad, and you can see we are looking really serious. <laughs> Look at his face; he was he was really trying to talk me out of it. So next thing I did was I went on Good Morning America and told the world that I was going to box, and that's when the floodgates opened. Everything that I had already mentally prepared myself for, all of the "you're too pretty to box." I mean, I tell you how many times I've heard that.、Um, You know, women don't box. Women can't fight. Then, of course, the one that really annoyed me the most was: Is this a publicity stunt? You know, you must want to be an actress or a model, and maybe you're using boxing as a platform. And that wasn't the case at all. So I was like a very young girl, and all I wanted to do was box. So then I kind of had this really tough exterior, and I felt like I always had to prove myself, right? And I remember writing my first book, Reach: Finding Strength, Spirit, and Personal Power, which I'm trying to show you. 
And that's a memoir that I wrote back then, when I was about 23 years old, actually, um, that just talks about a lot of the adversity that I faced, which I don't have time to get into here with you. Um, you know, when my parents divorced, I had a really dysfunctional childhood with my mom and her ex-husband, and a lot of anger inside of me that made me want to be a fighter in the first place. I encourage you guys to read that book. Um, it's available on Amazon. You can check it out. But so I went ahead and, and told the world that I was going to fight, and everybody was just like, "What's it? What's going to happen? You know, what's what's she going to do? You know, women. You know, they had never seen women fighting really before. So I remember my pro debut. I had 80 different news media um, people there. Now, even though I wasn't fighting on television, uh, because I didn't have an amateur career, so this was going to be my first fight ever. There was no women's boxing in the Olympics back then. There is now, but when I started fighting, women's boxing was not in the Olympics. So I went on and went pro. So I had 80 different news media there. They were ready to report what happened. So it might as well have been on TV. My dad was in the front row, and they were like, "What's she gonna do?" Well, I knocked the girl out in 54 seconds. <laughs> Thank you. That's right. <laughs> so that was the beginning of my my boxing career, and um, I was a little. Irritated, as you can see on my face, I'm not smiling.、Um, that was the look of all、oh, that training for 54 seconds. Are you kidding me? Like your your adrenaline's going when you're in the ring. Everyone always asks you, "What does it feel like to fight?" And it's like the training is grueling, but when you get in there, you love it. You love every moment of it.、And、as soon as it's over, you can't wait to do it again. And then you get in training, you're like, "Oh God, why do I put my body through this?" But it's like a it's a crazy cycle. But when you're in the ring, like you want it to last a little bit longer. So I was a little upset by that. Um, some of my most memorable fights I want to share with you. One of them was with, with Jackie Frazier, and some of you are probably too young to know the history, but I know some of the adults do. Frazier, Joe Frazier, and my father fought three times. This is his daughter. Now, Joe Frazier was the person who became the champ when my dad got stripped of his titles <clears throat> when he wouldn't go to the war. They, Joe Frazier, fought for the title, the vacant title, and won it. So my dad used to taunt him. Call him all kind of names, say some pretty mean things, actually, and like you're not the real champ. I'm the real champ, and then you, you have to fight me to be the real champ. So he got in the ring, and then Joe Frazier beat him, which was big because my father had been undefeated, and you know he had many years off. He was kind of rusty, so he beat him. And then they came back, they fought two more times, and my dad won. So they had a trilogy. So when I started boxing, I inspired Jackie Frazier to start boxing. So she had some fights under her belt, but I didn't really take her seriously. I was like, oh, you know, this is. She doesn't have a title. She's not a serious boxer. But it made sense for me to fight her business-wise, so I fought her. And Jackie ended up being tough. You know, there I am, gloving it up before the fight. And then we had a tough battle. She was strong and tough, much tougher than I thought she was going to be. Went the distance, and as you can see, I ended up victorious. So the next、um, very memorable fight would be against this young. This, well, she wasn't young at the time, but Susie Taylor, who was. A champion. So I said I wanted some titles. So she was the first person whose title I went over. And it was funny because she was someone who, before I started boxing, they would say that girl's tough. You know, when I was training in the gym, they're like, you don't want to fight her till you're ready. And here I am facing her.、Um, and then of course I beat her and, and took her title. So that was a second round stoppage, I think. So and then, thank you. That's fun. Sounds crazy. I mean, to be talking about knocking people out, but you know, it is boxing. So it's just like. Kind of what we do, but then look, I fought Christy Martin. Christy Martin is the woman who I showed you that I saw fighting for the first time. So that was surreal to be facing her. And to her credit, Christy was a little smaller than me, 
we made the weight classes work. I came down a weight, she came up, and then we fought. And, you know, she was tough, though. She actually went, like, four rounds and before I stopped her. So, as you can see, my dad was in the ring with me, and a lot of people throughout my life, they knew that my dad didn't really want me to, to box, but he always supported me, you know, and came to my fights when he could, because he did have a disease, so sometimes he wasn't able to make it to all of the fights, but, you know, that, that meant a lot to me, to have him in the arena. It meant a lot to him to hear the crowd chanting, Ali, Ali, every time he came out to sit down, um, you know, with me. And then every time after a fight, I'd always have cake waiting for me in my dressing room, as you can see. Every time. Look, I love to eat, first of all, and I love sweets. So one thing that I would refrain from is having sweets. So that was the last thing I would look at. Now, it's funny because these dressing rooms back here remind me of the type of rooms that I used to come out of to fight because I used to fight in arenas like this. And I would look at that cake and I'd be like, I'm coming back in like two or three rounds. I'm going to knock this girl out so I could have my cake. <laughs> that was my motivation. So one day, my father came to my dressing room after like a, a title fight. I'd won some titles, I was a world champion, and he said, you know, I want to talk to you. And he had a very serious look on his face. And he said, you know what, Layla, I was wrong. You know, women can fight, and you can fight, and I'm proud of you. And of course, that made me cry, that made me have a moment, because I didn't realize how much that would mean to me, for him to say that to me. And then we shared a piece of cake and we kept it moving. But the funny thing is, is that next thing I know, he's trying to teach me how to box. Show you, throw your jab like, I'm like, you're late, Dad. Like, are you really trying to teach me how to box now? So I thought that was, I thought that was really cute. Big thanks to Layla Ali for stopping by. I got this clip from YouTube. It is entitled, Keynote Layla Ali, 90th National FFA Convention and Expo. And if you'd like to connect with her, you can go to her website, LaylaAli.com. Her Instagram is the real Layla Ali. And the books, one she had mentioned in the talk, is entitled Reach, Finding Strength, Spirit, and Personal Power. And her latest book is entitled Food for Thought, Delicious and Healthy Comfort Food from My Table to Yours. And I have links to everything I just mentioned, along with a link to today's entire talk. They will all be in the show description below. So you can go and check that out. All right. That is a wrap for me. As always, I appreciate you. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later. Later.